0: Uh, I'm not sure if hey everybody, welcome up. to the Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast. I'm Steve. I'm Marty. Hi, I'm Vlad. And
1: I'm Adam with Weed for Warrior Project.
0: And uh, we do this show every week, or we attempt to anyway. And um, we are uh, dedicated to aquaponic cannabis growing and um, aquaponic cannabis production. And um, trying to spread the word and um, other eco-conscious um, grow methods for cannabis and just, you know, pure production, aquaponic production and um, just all that kind of related stuff. Um, so uh, we have a really, really special guest today um, from the Weed for Warriors group from Illinois. Um, he was going to try and make it with us last time and uh, he had a, something come up, but he was... Uh, gracious enough to, to reschedule right away and uh, come back on the show as soon as he was able to. So I wanted to give him a, a big shout out and a thank you for being able to come on the show today. Um, I really appreciate it.
1: I was, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I was on uh,
2: their podcast, which I believe is called, was it the 420 Hour? or something? Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's on uh, DVRadio.net, which is just a veteran radio podcast uh, network.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. We had a we had a great time. I was on there a couple of times, and so we'll we'll definitely put a link to it in the
0: yeah in the section. Um, Marty, do you want to tell us uh, what you had going on this week, and then um, we'll kind of go through since most of us have not much to go on, and then we'll uh, let our guests take the floor.
2: Uh, yeah. So let's see. Um, this is week seven for the indoors. So. <clears throat> Um, Really not much happening with that the last few weeks. I don't really feed any tea or anything like that. So it's pretty much on cruise control. Um, Flowering is just starting um, on the outdoors. So pretty much everybody uh, has triggered outside. Uh, You can see the first little pre flowers starting to pop out now. So that's been kind of fun to watch. So, you know, just the kind of normal stuff around that time. You know, usually... You know, top dress a little bit more and feed a little heavy right as they start to flower, and uh, get my last few bug sprays in before flowering gets heavy. So, definitely uh, keeping those mixed up and sprayed on. But um, yeah, other than that, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, next week probably we'll chop down the indoor. Um, just kind of keep an eye on it and see how the see how the hairs look. But it definitely. Uh, It looks good, smells good, everything's going pretty well there. Um, So, yeah, that's been about it. Kind of cruise control at this point. Everything is switching over to flowering for outdoors. so. Um, Yeah, oh, I had uh, Steve uh, Blackburn, I think is his name, uh, from Vega Labs out of Washington. Stopped by and left a sample of some stuff that, uh, um, I'll put a link to it. Uh, in the system, but basically it's just like a microbial with a little bit of nutrients in it, but mostly it's like a just like a microbial mix with uh, some micronized uh, nutrients um, to try out some of those. so um, it was nice having them stop by and talking to them for a little bit and checking out uh, their stuff. Um, they have a lot of uh, just natural based additives that they micronize and then and then sell so, um, definitely some interesting stuff. I haven't tried out too much of it yet. I did uh, dose uh, once with it just to kind of uh, check it out, but can't really report too much yet because it's only been about 12 hours or so since I fed it. So, um, Yeah, other than that, uh, really nice guys. Interesting discussion. Definitely a, a cool company to check out and see some of the stuff that they're doing. Um, and uh, so I'll report back on how their products do. Hopefully they'll send me some of their spider mite control, which uh, was kind of an interesting thing, which is a lot of the same stuff we use already, which is like lemongrass and <clears throat> different um, oil extract, I think rosemary and a few other things, but they list all their ingredients on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, so you, you can check it out, it should be 100% for safe, no issues there. So I definitely wanted to uh, to try that stuff out, so hopefully I'll get a sample of that. But He'd already given away all his samples of that by the time he got here. But uh, um, and that was uh, him in uh, uh, Kimbo Kendo Kendo Perps, I think is his name. Stop by, and uh, so that was a good time. It was nice having somebody tour around and check it out and uh, leave some samples. So that's that's pretty much my week. What do you got going on there, Steve or Vlad? I know you guys are in the same spot now, right?
3: Yep,
0: for the most yeah. part. Actually, I'll let Vlad go first. <laughs> what have we been up to, Vlad?
3: Uh, yeah. Oh, geez. What, what have we not been up to? Uh, I've been uh, <laughs> kind of playing around with the, the, the press here. <clears throat> and uh, I want you to show
0: everybody a little uh, bit of what some, we've been working uh, on there. It it's pretty in, neat.
3: Uh, in order. and uh, yeah. Oh, this is uh, a little rosin press uh, I've been playing with for Three, four, or five months now. I have two of them. And uh, this one was damaged. Well, the press itself was damaged in shipping. It was just this little uh, uh, push in fitting, and <clears throat> was cracked. So I've replaced that and uh, set the regulators to all the, the, the proper PSI and um, slowed it down a little bit. Quite a bit, actually. A little slower press. Uh, just kind of you know tweaking the press, playing around with the, uh, the new compressor. Uh, creating space. You know.
2: Have you done any test runs yet? A lot
3: of boxes. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we have, yeah, quite a you know over the last you know bunch of months, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're uh, Stephen and I. <clears throat> we'd like to um, you know get a little bit more particular now with our source material uh, and the method with which which we pre-process. Um, you know, we've gone to a, uh, a a purely mechanical dry sift method, um, you know, so it's it's a little time consuming and, and whatnot, and it's, um, I guess what you'd call labor intensive for most folks, but I'm sure Stephen enjoys, uh, seems to enjoy that kind of thing, and I'm not in a hurry either, so <clears throat> it's, uh, it's just basically screened through uh, the um, different micron screens, 60, 90, 110, uh, 200 and then a 3, 320 for a final, but, and uh, and then we press some of it. Some of it we want to, uh, we want to, uh, like to make full melt, but you, you can't really harvest uh, a whole heck of a lot of it. So uh, well, most of that goes for, <clears throat> uh, I guess not not really testing so much. Uh, uh, more, uh, Stephen and my evaluation, I suppose uh, we've not subjected anything to uh, here in California uh, to uh, any kind of uh, laboratory testing since we would like to. Uh, we you know we more or less Stephen just got here, and uh, uh, we'd like to establish a, a solid aquaponic row first, <clears throat> and then uh, you know subject those flowers and. That rosin and uh, that dry cetane full oil you know, to testing. So that's where we're kind of working, surely and slowly on, on that.
0: So that's kind of kind of. Yeah, we'll have a bunch more information area. here. Hopefully, shortly. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff in the works regarding the the farm here. Yeah, when the process of
3: of signing some uh, ND agreement, some non-disclosure agreements, and. Um, I guess some people caught wind of what we're up to and uh, would like to uh, work with us and combine forces and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so on and so forth. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. We're exploring, uh, 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 you know, a good number of, real, you know, uh, one or two really serious uh, options that appeal to uh, Stephen and myself. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's going all right. It's going okay. Just kind of working on uh, getting the... Uh, an AP brand of sorts going on with uh, the high uh, end uh, solventless extracts. So, was this hydrophysiatry and so forth. Adam, do you so guys that's,
2: that's have. What
3: we've been up to. That's what I've been up to. Yep.
2: Right on. Hey, Adam, do you guys have many people over there in Illinois doing rosin presses on any sort of large scale or anything like that?
1: Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh, a mass roots and stuff like that. There's pictures, but nobody that I know personally. Most of the people I know are just flower guys. They uh, they don't mess around with the concentrates too much. Everyone's afraid of their tolerance is getting blasted through the roof. So. Oh. Yeah. But
2: you can, you can always just throw, make
1: more, right? uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. see, you can you can change you can change up a, the way the way. You smoke a little bit, you know. Lower the temps of the dab Oh day, yeah. And enjoy some, uh, you know, some, some fuller profile terpene.
1: Oh yeah.
3: Uh, you
2: know, have you tried eyes.
1: some, Adam? It's. Say again. Have
2: you tried yeah. some, some live resin?
1: Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had some out here. One of the uh, both black marker and uh, in the disco. disto. Oh. This boat was actually pretty good. I had Revolutions Gorilla Blue number four. It was sitting at like 89%. Um, it was a tad bit pricey, but it was uh, definitely I I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I really like it. Kind of nice, nice and, little
1: flavor. Yeah, and that's the thing. The sativa flowers kind of bugged me out, but like the sativa dominant or the sativa strain uh, dabs really don't. Which is I don't know. So I kind of stay away from the, <clears throat> the live resin that's got, uh, you know, like, again, Gorilla Glue. Right. So, I just picked up
3: a kind of glue. This is a little different, I guess.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so the the rosin is different than live res. Live res is yeah. usually traditionally done with BHO and then separated with dry ice afterwards. I, I, no, I'm sorry, it's dry ice first, then the BHO, yeah, the what, powder? They yeah, the, whole the bubble, okay, so the yeah. sinter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got yeah. that backwards. <laughs> so I'm Being dyslexic today. That's right.
3: <laughs> no, this is cool. This is just uh, some heat, uh, really low heat, 180 degrees Fahrenheit to 200 degrees Fahrenheit, and some pressure, uh, which is supplied by a compressor. So it's not a hydraulic press, it's a pneumatic press. And uh, uh, there's about a thousand pounds per square inch on this uh, roughly, uh, it's two and a quarter by, oh, about uh, almost four. It's a little plate. There's a, you know, a, a, a Gibtronic PLC that controls heat to both plates and they just squeeze the flour or the hash or the dry sift or keef or whatever Yeah. It gets squeezed between these plates, and that's it. Uh, You know, the yellow, amber, liquid gold uh, goodness uh, just is squeezed out of the flour or, uh, you know, hash or whatnot. And uh, it's really nice. It's really quick. It's not dangerous. Uh, There's no solvents involved. The medical community likes it. Uh, The flavor profile is tremendously uh, better. I, I know these things are subjective in a matter of opinion, but Uh, If you look at uh, some of the profiles, um, we'd like to do aquaponic uh, cannabis under this press and and so forth. But even non-aquaponic cannabis, if you look at, uh, you know, some of the um, rosin profile versus uh, some of the different extracts, um, you know, I guess I hate to use terms like better or whatever. Uh, it's just more complex, yeah. I guess. No, it's
1: it's fine. You no, know, I, I, I've had I've had I've had rosin before. Um, nothing out of a, a, sure. a nice press like that. Everything's been out of hair straighteners or somebody made their own <laughs> press out of hair straighteners. But, uh, somebody had a rosinator. I had something. I had some of that, but uh, it was the plates were on just one side, which was uh, the guy. You know, not, the guy who right. had it was pretty upset about it, but at the same time he picked it up for a bargain. though. Know? but yeah, it wasn't. I think he, I think that was, um, I had Northern Lights, so uh, that was my first rosin strain.
2: Cool. I think one one of the, that's one of the reasons why you guys are dry sifting is because you end up with a, even though you have a large press, you still have a relatively small area that is being pressed together, so by dry sifting out that stuff first, and then pressing it, you're, you're trying to increase your yield per run, is that?
3: Kind of the the idea. Uh. Well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a way to put it. Absolutely. Um. It, um. Just just crushing straight flour. Uh. I, we've obtained uh. Twenty six point something. Twenty six point two or three percent yield. But that was on on, on some incredible pre ninety eight bubba Kush flour wow. and some blackberry and something you know there in Colorado yeah it was, but typically those are not numbers that that that, that you know we've even come close to most everything else is you know in the 18 maybe 20 something odd range which is still better than what we were doing with some of the older older style presses which is 12 to 15, 16 um, so, so but at any rate yeah sifting it uh, we'll, we'll, we'll we'll screen off and only use Two of these green sifts uh, for for the rosin press. Uh One of the sifts goes as uh, you know trichome uh, separated full melt. Uh, the other sift is, is is pretty rough. A lot of cellulitic green matter. Uh, so you know, we'll do other stuff with that. You know whatever. Uh, Stephen will blast it through ethanol for oils or edibles or or uh, you know uh, we've been uh, he's been, I know he's been wanting to do this uh, this uh, dry ice method. And uh, we've been kind of saving our shake, you know. Uh, Going to probably next week. Yeah. Going to try that, but but the dry sift. Uh, it seems I don't know. I kind of I'm a i am like I'm a, I'm a bit of a devolutionist. Uh, I do some woodworking and whatnot. I like the hand tools and old timey uh, planers and chisels and knives and so forth. And uh, I like the uh, mechanical grinding of the flour and then the mechanical hand dry sifting through the screen and uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's it's uh maybe if you had to do it all day long every day for you know ten hours a day, it would probably suck. I imagine like <laughs> turning bolts for GM or whatever. Right. But uh, right right now in this capacity in this way, it's uh it's pretty interesting and it's new for the do most you part. Just like you We're, get uh, <clears throat> a lot.
2: Have you noticed a larger yield by doing that process?
3: Per, per yeah, per definitely. Oh, well, certainly. Yeah, there's certainly a way to do it compared to just, yeah, oh, definitely. And, and even the, the, the size of the micron, uh, you know, tea bags, uh, m- what you're pressing will determine what size uh, micron baggie you should use. Uh, and then you want to avoid things like blowout uh, where the, you know, the tea bags will rupture if you put too much uh, material in them. Uh, so on and so forth so you know we've been playing with these things and had some help o- along the way uh, a good deal of it was just common sense and we kind of figured you know a bunch out and uh, you know it's kind of I think we have it kind of pretty down I guess just sort of say for what we want or for what I want and what steven wants so it's all right that yeah, sounds great. Sounds terpy. Uh, excuse me, it was cutting out.
2: I couldn't hear. I said it sounds terpy. Oh yeah. Oh
3: yeah. yeah, but but Stephen uh, has some totally separate uh, little tricks up his sleeve uh, as far as the uh, the the terpy, if that's what you said. I don't know if you said trippy or terpy, like terpenes. Yeah. He's been uh, we'll actively trying the funding for that to, uh,
0: but we're. We know what we're getting yeah. on that day, on that time. Well, we're going
3: to do uh, that. Yeah, it doesn't seem it's like anything you mine. couldn't really put together yourself for for half the price of, of some of the kits you've been looking at. But I might be oh, okay. jumping the gun on that. Never mind. So. <laughs> Probably. So it's just really basic. So yeah, we've um, been looking some, into flas- some flasks and uh, you know so on and so forth, corks and really really basic lab equipment. Um, oh yeah, maybe
2: you guys should talk a little bit about how you know like it. Y- how you guys store it? Like, obviously, it's not like just regular like these. You can just leave. Oh, the rosin.
3: Yeah. The rosin. Oh, you mean what we freezer. do with the leftover rosin? <laughs> yeah, we haven't really had to uh, store it for any significant lengths of time. So, um, <laughs> as long as we, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as long as we keep it, you know, relatively cool out of the sun, you know, uh, it kind of. Uh, and we have, yeah, I can't wait till we have a problem to I <laughs> <laughs> have to store it. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you know, and yeah.
0: I have fifty-five uh, gallon um, drums just sitting around. You know. Yeah, just on, uh, <laughs> on
3: parchment. You know, parchment. Uh, I've been looking at some weird new papers. Uh, papers. They're not really papers. They're films uh, uh, made from different uh, different materials that uh, some of the f- folks here at the Humble Patient uh, Resource Center. Uh, are are uh, acquiring from uh producers of, of some shatter and uh i believe i'm not sure if these guys make rosin as well but uh it's a neat little film uh it, it's not really sticky uh it's pretty cool it's kind of heavy duty it was hard to tear right stephen it was um uh-huh. you know it was kind of neat and the and the uh, shatter uh, the extracts did not seem to uh, stick or tear it at all so i don't know we're, cool. we're still kind of there's a lot of neat, uh, you know, materials out there, uh, you know, so uh, there's uh, there's nothing, very little that's made, like, for the resin press industry, I guess, so it's all pulled from other, you know, from other industries, right. silkscreen industry, the medical industry, or some other, you know, whatever, uh, so, you know, it kind of reminds me of the special effects industry, I used to was just school in Pittsburgh and uh, there was nothing in the industry that was made for it. It was all just kind of retro-engineered to do what these guys needed so uh, we're, we've been kind of muddling our way through figuring it out and I think we have the, the, the sifting um, breakdown I suppose or, or whatever the grading process uh, what right. works well in the press what, what's too small particle size wise what's too large particle size wise where that sweet spot is and then uh, you know where you want to kind of the full melt, I think, is a, uh, uh, I don't know, I, 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 I really like the, f- the full melt, so we'll, uh, we'll probably continue to harvest those trikes separately as a separate, uh, uh, we're trying to maybe turn these things into a Huckaponic uh, so branded, you know, yeah. branded products or whatnot. So with, full, with yeah, with full melt, uh, rosin, um, maybe some, some different types of hash uh, and flour, first and foremost, those those few products being uh, offered, I suppose. Cool, man. Cool. So, you know, so anyway, I'll quit talking about Adam, well, then, uh, someone else. Uh, no, speak.
0: that's cool. I'm, I'm really okay excited hear about,
3: to hear this. about the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, Adam, do you want to tell us about uh, what you got going on and about your organization and your uh, podcasts and,
1: all yeah. the, and the,
0: your local-ish things that you were, you were talking about earlier? Yeah,
1: there's, um, well, I got out of the Navy in 2014. Uh, I was retired because of the seizures and uh, just did a deployment in Afghanistan and uh, finished the deployment and all that. But I uh, took a few bumps in the head over there. When I got back, I started having seizures and stuff. The Navy said, no way, Jose, you're out of here. But uh, when I was going through my separation, the only thing that like I was excited for and kept my morale up you know, while I was getting separated was the fact that Illinois had medical cannabis. But little did I understand anything about com- cannabis community or the industry or mom-and-pop type of thing or any of that. I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with that. All I knew was, hey, this store was going to sell it. I'm going to get it. This is going to be great. Well, as I come back to Illinois, it's not like that at all. So it, it, um, I was uh, going to school for a while for medical school, and uh, I was going through uh, – an ounce maybe every couple of days because of the stress, and I just couldn't afford it. So I was like, man, there's got to be a cheaper way. And I'm like, well, I have my card; I should be able to grow it, right? Well, come to find out, we didn't even have home grow past or anything like that. So that's how I got involved with, biggest advocating for Illinois' medical cannabis. And uh, it's been nothing but an uphill battle, trying to get people to support us for the home grow so, what I did is start reaching out to other like-minded individuals, and I came across the group uh the organization, this NFP uh Lead for warriors project they you know, Tommy Chong did a commercial for them and stuff. They were on high time they were featured high time so they I mean they're they're recognized, so that's where we're starting now was with that and then uh that was uh back in March. I think I got hooked up with them and then come april we got asked to do a 420 special show on a uh a veterans network radio podcast network it was supposed to be a one time thing but it's been a weekly thing ever since and yeah that's just retired I sit around and study pot and yeah i dropped medical school going back to, i start school in 12 days for horticulture
0: so That's wonderful. Uh, Tell us more about um, what the uh, Weed for Warriors group does there.
1: Well, here in Illinois, well, across the country, they do a lot of events where you give out free – like in California, uh, they give some of the the chapters out there, give out free meds. Here in Illinois, that's not going to happen. So what we're doing is we're trying to figure out ways to offer support to veterans in other ways besides medicine. So what we're doing is more of a – we help veterans get their cards, walk them along the process step by step. You know, if you need a ride to the VA, we'll take you there, you know. And then uh, to help, you know, if people can't afford their meds, we'll help set up – we're we're working on setting, you know, uh, raised beds and organic farming and stuff like that for people because we don't have home grow, but at least we can grow food to save for the money for the medicine right now. And I'm trying to resonate that idea to hopefully somewhere is like hey wait a minute it's compassionate let's 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 give people the medicine but i like to preach that medical cannabis the word medical is is it should be like therapeutical medical cannabis is what we should be calling it because the 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 the, the horticulture part of it the growing it is is therapeutic i mean this is why i dropped out of med school to go to horticulture class was because half the labs are spent in the dirt you know and i know that preventative medicine starts at the basic level and with the way that people eat and their lifestyles and their the choices of how they self-medicate. It's just not it's, – It's people are going to – we're going to have more than just – what is it, one out of four kids or six kids has, has diabetes. It's going to be worse than that, you know, if we don't get on top of this. So start at the basics.
3: Yeah, that's – that's, uh, food would be a big one there, yeah. Food and medicine. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's how it so started. Let me let me ask you.
3: I'm a, I may have missed. um where, where is it you're taking uh, the horticulture classes? What's or or what where are you located? What state?
1: <laughs> I'm in Illinois. There's a College of Lake County, and this is a Illinois. Place. That's right.
3: Yeah, Lake There's, County.
1: So yeah,
3: that's a, a that's a uh, near Chicago you know or no? Or that's Cook County, right? In
1: um, well, Cook County. I'm. I, live on the Cook and Lake County border. So I live about okay. 20 minutes from Chicago.
3: So it's an urban center. You know, it's fair to say it's a very urban center. Kind of very uh, urban. No,
1: the school is actually in a rural area, Gray's Lake. Oh, cool. It's starting to become, nice. uh, it's starting to develop into nice. stuff. But um, oh, it's a community right. college. A yeah, I dropped a four-year cool. university for a two-year associate in science for horticulture. Because, right on. Uh, I got celiac disease right developed and... Uh, I lost ah, about yeah, yeah. eighty it's pounds.
3: Glyphosate, huh?
1: uh, yeah, I hear you, man. Jeez. Oh, and uh, I, I have it too. Yeah,
3: Steven is dealing with some similar issues. Yeah.
1: So I'm just tired of it. Sorry to and hear that. The food—it's—it's it's what it started with. I think a lot of my stuff stems from the shit that we ate in the military and the and the and the, the shots and the aye, aye. immunizations. <laughs> yeah. You know? We can go on for hours about that, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you gotta start at the basics, you know, and it's like how am I gonna be able to be sure. a medical professional in telling like, treating these people when I'm not trying to help them before they even step in the door.
0: Sure. So, Great. Sure. Wow. How is, cool. how is how has um cannabis helped you with your with your symptoms and, and other people that you've known? Especially um, in the military.
1: Yeah, I I have PTSD, I have a seizure disorder, uh sp- spine issues, all sorts of stuff. Um, I love it. It saved my life, literally. I could say that. I'm a suicide survivor. I was on 30 pills a day almost to 280 pounds a year ago and now I'm down to four pills a day and 180 pounds. 190 pounds, I fluctuate because wow. of the celiac. But I didn't lose all that oh. weight because of the celiac. I do contribute a lot of it to the cannabis. And pills and meds. And, oh, yeah, yeah. but my, the cannabis, I think. Losing the weight. Yeah. Setting, uh, Sorry. I believe in cannabis with the hemo- uh, homeostasis process in the body, and I think that it, cannabis has helped my body somewhat balance itself out or try to re-regulate it and shut off shed off a lot of the okay. unnecessary fat, you know. I haven't exercised yeah. a day. I ride a bicycle around the block once in a while, you know.
3: Really? That's it? Yeah. Oh, Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I think it's pretty common that people tend to gain a lot of weight. Uh, I have friends who are in somewhat similar situations with uh, just a whole smorgasbord of pills that they take. They have those these little cases that are weekly divvied out like according to day: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And um, oh my goodness, there's you know seven, eight pills. Per yep, day, products America. In those trays. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, you know, a, a couple. You know, most of most of these. You know, I'm thinking of my friend Ian in particular. Uh, he he uh, he lost his hair, gained a lot of weight, um, kind of lost a lot of motivation,
4: <clears throat>
3: which is ironic, because that. Well, I mean, it's sad and a little ironic to hear. Uh, you know, anti-cannabis advocates or whatever you call them. <clears throat> Uh, talk about how how, how how marijuana takes away you know people's motivation to do things and whatnot. <laughs> and yeah, uh, right. Once uh, like <laughs> Ian got off accurate. the pills and yeah, yeah. Once he got off the pills and, and started regulating his diet first off, and uh, using you know various cannabis products, he he shed like he shed a, a hundred and I think a hundred and almost ten pounds over the course of you know a year and a half or two. And uh, kind of gained control of his life back, uh, not only, you know, in terms of body and, and, and weight, but, you know, mind and motivation and, and, and so forth. There's, so, there's been a couple uh, of studies. I don't know. It was amazing.
2: Weight loss, cannabis. Mm-hmm. <coughs> cannabis weight loss, like, as a, um, you know, like a dietary thing. And uh, all, all of it shows, you know, and a lot of people have experienced like that. Like, you guys are talking about dropping a bunch of weight. Um after basically re-regulating your diet for the most part um in in helping I, know it. I
0: know I know I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker for four years and finally they I had all kinds of blood tests stool samples you name it that I had done to me and finally it was one of my girlfriends at the time who was like have you tried just going on a restrictive diet and a raw food diet and Within two weeks of doing that, it was like someone pulled a plastic bag off my head. All of a sudden, all like not all, but you know, the vast majority of my symptoms. So, um, you know, that cannabis, did you have? cannabis was the only reason <laughs> I was able to survive for four years. <laughs> what was
2: that? I said, how many girlfriends did you have at the time? <laughs> you said one of my girlfriends. At the I time. don't
0: know. I was young at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just just, like... For people that don't know, I'm a big poly. I'm a big advocate of polyamory um, and like consensual yeah, I monogamy. That, so I don't know. that's a whole other. Wait, topic wait, wait! wait. Stephen was referring to a frame of time, not not, not 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 a uh, a number of
3: simultaneous girlfriends. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all, right, all right, there's your save, buddy.
2: Just sounding funny. All right. Just
3: all right. Hey guys, I got I gotta cut out. Um, I'm uh, I got a fire I got a fire going. I gotta cook this meat and food and veggies, or uh, Stephen and uh, everyone else here is gonna be hungry, and pissed off at me. So thanks for joining us. I'm uh, I'm gonna uh, I'll no no I'll be here. Uh, I'll I'll be on mute and I'll have one of my headphones on, and i uh, be hanging okay. out with uh, Lydia Lydia, my six month old, and my wife, and uh, we're gonna cook up some food for Stephen, myself, and everyone else. So heck yeah, okay. uh, I'll be listening in. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks for the look at the press. Right, take care. Hey, sure. Sure, so Adam. I think, uh, it was great uh, talking to you guys. Bye-bye.
0: See ya. So, Adam, how do you think we can... Uh, you were also talking earlier about having a, you know, some kind of issue out there uh, recently with the uh, regulators or something out there. Yeah, I
1: mean, so in it before it costed us, it
0: was veterans
1: would... Um, it feels like hundred and fifty bucks to apply for your card and veterans only paid like fifty bucks to get our cannabis cards last year. Well, this year they rewrote it and it's costing patients three hundred dollars if you're not a veteran and hundred and or a hundred and fifty if you're a vet but it lasts three years and that's their argument. Well our argument is is that there's people dying because they can't yeah, they have their cards now but they can't even afford the medicine because it's almost up to four and a half, you know just450 dollars 400, for an ounce. and uh, some of these people are literally just giving up all hope because they can't get access. Now they're gonna get slapped with a $300 fee to renew their card. Well uh, two days ago or yesterday, something like that, they uh, announced also because in Illinois they only limit you to 2.5 ounces every two weeks. so five ounces a month. And if you need more than that, you get they have a you put in a request to get it raised, your, your limit raised. Now they're charging people $25 just to apply to have their limit raised. We have the industries. We have the program. We have all these people saying that they're for the patients and medical cannabis and yada, blah, 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 blah. But yet nobody – there's no focus on, you know, RS, like, uh, RSOs or, uh, you know, medicinal uh, products. We have – not saying that uh, shatter isn't fun. But when they're selling live resin at $100 a gram at a medical place, that's 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 wreck, dude. That's not medical. Yep. And there's meteorites. I mean, they're selling that shit. Uh, shatter rolled, uh, whatever, the moon rocks, and they dust it them is. with shatter. Yeah. I mean, they're selling that. Which, you know what, man? Like, some people do need that. And that's the argument. It's like, well, some people need all that. And it's like, well, you know what, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you, but there's a lot more where's the transdermal patches? Where's the sublinguals? Like, where's all that? Right. And um, where's our home grow? (laughs) You know, and when I say that, it's everyone's like, oh, no, no, no. The people who have the money invested say it's not in their best interest for us to have a home grow. I say, well, this is a compassionate medical program, is it not? And that's my big debate. I mean, I'll debate...
2: What's their actual reason
1: for not allowing home grow? Like, it's regulation. They're afraid of. They're afraid that the black market will take it over. Let's let's be real. They don't. The people, investors, don't want people to to cough in or to profit off of what they're doing. And I and I've explained it. And there's there is one girl in Illinois who there's a person there I did talk to. He's pretty up there in the high and and the chain of command there. And he comes from out west. And he goes. I try to explain it to the state. Try to explain it to the guys with the money. They're just not having it. He goes. They're idiotic. he doesn't. He tries to like speak in their terms, and you try to tell them the profit margins just between clones and genetics and all that, and they just weren't. They, these people think that they're gonna get rich off to selling sixty dollar eighths in the store when people are putting out forty dollar eighths of organic medicine, uh, you know, on the street. I mean, this it's it's not gonna work. We have one dispensary that opened up. And it's about four hours from Chicago, but their everyday pricing is compa- is comparable. They base it off of basic the black market. That's the only way that they see that they're gonna they're gonna fight it. But they brought um, some dude from Colorado who was on CNN's uh, High Profits. Uh, he was uh, they brought him in to run it. He, he's a real cool guy. Jeff's a, he, he's been a nice guy. He's uh, the guy he's been working with. They've really set an example and apparently they've received death threats for setting the prices like this. So, Illinois is nothing more than a rec program, masked is a medical program and it's basically what Colorado is trying to slowly do, kind of push out the medical and have it all rec so they can tax it. Illinois just went straight for the jugular. So,
4: Yeah, just <laughs> you
2: know, I think that you know, obviously there's a lot of things that are wrong with it, but if you guys can just get home grow alone, like, if that could be, like... Because, like, all the other things, like, if you can do your own home grow and and be able to at least produce stuff for yourself, then a lot of the other shit that they put on it, you, you know, at least you have the opportunity for it to affect you less, I guess is the only thing that I can say about that is that you know, even if, like, here... The, You're we're always limited on the number of plants that we can grow, and all you know we have different regulations and stuff, and we have hoops that we have to jump through, and yeah, all that stuff is a pain in the ass. But we can still do it as opposed to you guys, which um, you know to me is like uh, I just feel like if you guys could get that one thing, then you you'd be able to. You know, be a lot better off in dealing with the rest of their bullshit, which is probably why they don't want to give it to you.
1: I guess. No, because they know. They know that right. the guerrilla growers will come out of the will come out of the hills, and all of a sudden. Well, they're is, there
2: anyway. It, I mean, let's be honest. Oh yeah. they they're gonna be there anyway. The black market exists existed before their regulation and will exist after.
1: And, and that's what I tell them, is that, like, these people... There was an industry here before they even came here, so stop acting like you're the rock stars of the show, guys. Like, it's not... You're, you're not doing anything special.
2: Right.
0: Built, for, no, nothing that hasn't been done for the last... You've built million, years millions millions of space.
1: dollars of, uh, of, of, of facilities, you know. Millions of dollars worth of facilities, you know. High-tech shit, and you're still getting seeds and hermied out plants, and... People are getting f- screwed here in Illinois. We had one patient show us pictures. She seeds. The- yeah, yeah. And we had uh, one patient bust open a, a nug, and she they, she thought it was mold. Dude, it looked like fucking tinfoil inside. I have no, like, I am not shitting you.
0: It, what? It is
1: ridiculous. That is they crazy. sell.
0: It. So they're just I'll add you. We'll add you to and the, the flour flour for group.
1: Open. You can just watch the shit you can watch the shit that people post. They think that we're just a bunch of negative pricks but actually we're over there telling people this isn't good because there's other people who never had cannabis before and they think that they're... Exactly. They'll get some oil, BHO from the Dispo and it looks like French onion soup and they think that that's normal. Right, uh, or they start the It's just powder pictures. that's not yes. clear. You can ask you can ask Marty, he's in the group, he sees the stuff that goes up, dude. Yeah, <laughs> man,
2: it is like there's some stuff that I'm just like, damn. Like the other day they were like somebody was posting some uh some oil they got that just it have you you've probably seen the meme, I'm sure you guys have, that just shows like the just the nastiest thing. It's like, congrats, you blasted butane soup. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what
2: it is. Exactly what it looked like. And it's like, you know, and then they start talking, like, when you get into the debate on home grows or home processing, and they start saying things like, oh, well, you can't achieve the same level of, of safety and quality and cleanliness in a home grow. And it's like, I have this, which was, like, never processed by anything entirely made on one, like, tiny little piece of property. And it's probably the cleanest stuff that you could ever find. Um, and you know, my buddy invested a lot of money in BHO equipment and stuff to to be able to do that. But it's all still on his property. Like it's sure, it's probably I don't know thirty five, forty grand worth of BHO equipment. But he's got like the blast proof safe and all the stuff to be up to regulation, which is great that they they do have some basic stuff, obviously, especially for people in. Uh, you know, like places that have close by neighbors. Like, I don't want my neighbor to blow up his garage and catch it on fire either. So, I definitely understand some regulation. But it, it is definitely possible, in, in my opinion, the best quality meds come out of home grows as opposed to commercial grows um, for a lot of the reasons, you know, the commercial stuff starts becoming an issue is because it's not about medicine, it's about profits.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I call mass production. <laughs> Trying to Walmart weed, dude, and it's not gonna work.
0: It'll work from Walmart. You, well, you see. That's and, it. And on that topic, that's the, the look at the genetics that keep going on. You don't see a lot of the really interesting terpene profile, uh, good flavored stuff around anymore. You see, you see, uh, blue. You see, blue dream. You know why blue <laughs> dream is super popular? Because you can't possibly kill the damn thing. It grows like, gra like. Uh, yeah. there's nothing that's easier to grow that's like mint basically of the weed world yeah. and you can the plant it has good yields and, and it's plant. mold resistant and it's relatively mite resistant and that's why it's popular it is it's nothing to do with flavor or potency or any of that crop well, uh, it's it's not great. I mean, it's a relatively a high poster, but it's on the upper end, but it it's still middle of the ground. But it's just because it's an easy, heavy producer that has a quick turn. That's, that's the only reason. That's the biggest issue you see with a lot of the dispensary strains. You don't see like Quirkle. Hello. Hello?
2: Hey. I think we lost Steam. Okay. Anyway, I understand what he's saying though. You get a lot, and we talked about this too. I think on your guys' podcast, where you know genetics have been narrowed down so much to um, cater to the high THC market that um, you you don't see those. If it doesn't produce, it doesn't. Uh, you know, it doesn't get propagated. Basically, um, it, and when I say produce, I mean produce on on a large scale so that you can Yeah,
1: money goes in, money on. goes out type of thing. Right. Is, is, it, is it worth, you know, the berry worth the squeeze, the juice worth the squeeze? Yeah, I get it. And get so, it. Um, well, I... and uh, this is a know, medical I, like I mean, I understand is why they... Not? It, but... If you're do, why do that to medicinal meds or, or for a market that your quote unquote marketing is medical? Like that's right. my thing is that that's not you guys aren't putting out medicinal. You're putting out strains that have been raped amongst other strains and just passed. Like it's you don't even know what you have anymore. You just have THC crystals on some plant that looks cool in a bag. You don't know what you're getting, and it's a lot of these strains too. It's just, and the other thing that comes aside, no, but it, it's a little rant, but it pisses me off is these people who claim to have land races and all, that, and they rename them. You like the, here in Illinois, we have in the dispensary we have a grow that's got a, <laughs> it's an Iranian land race. They said, and the name of it's Mag Mile, which is a Magnificent Mile in Chicago, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know cannabis was an indigenous to uh to to fucking Chicago. So I emailed the the company, and I asked them, I said, what makes this a land race? Dude, they copied and pasted what a land race definition from Wikipedia is and sent it back to me. Uh, (laughs) Like, I just asked what the strains were. I know what a land race is, but you obviously don't have a land race because there's no cannabis plants fucking grown downtown Chicago on the sidewalks, like, through the cracks. Inside apartment buildings, maybe, but yeah. there's nothing indigenous to fucking, you know, but... Right.
2: Unless they want to share where they got them from, obviously, like... But they won't. Right.
1: Because it's and, probably and, Blue Dream.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. They're like, I planted these wild in my backyard
1: and let them cross, muhaha. <laughs> <laughs> or in Illinois, it's probably fucking shit that's crossed inside the fucking grows. Right. Probably... Yeah, it's we've had we, mind, we have so. strains that are starting to change colors, and people are starting to take notice, and like, oh, what's going on with that? We never get an answer. Like, oh, and the guys who kind of know so understand, the, we're all laughing. We're like, yeah, we know. So I couldn't
0: explain that one to you. Mhm. Go, Go ahead. ahead. So, so we can explain that one to you. So the Go key to it. getting good color is to swing your temperature from nighttime to daytime and flower by 20, like 15 or more degrees, preferably 20 or more degrees. Um, the other thing you want to do is um, increase your molybdenum content. And um, Vlad, I don't know if Vlad's still listening here. Vlad can also talk a little bit more on that um, as far as the how to bring out color. He has a little bit better understanding how the chemistry works in it, but it has to do with uh, phosphorus lockout um, because of that temperature swing mm. um, so basically one of the biggest issues is you one of the thing biggest thing that's wrong in the cannabis industry. <laughs>
2: oh there he goes again <laughs> All right then. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, the temperature swing makes a big difference.
1: Uh, yeah, I just started reading about that, too, because, like I said, I've only been into this cannabis thing since 2014, and I've really hit it, like, st- reading about it hard the last year. Right on.
2: Have you checked out, uh, we probably talked about this already, but, like, uh, I know we talked about the teaming with microbes, but there's a teaming with nutrients guide also.
1: No, I haven't got that one yet, but I'm going to because I'm. I need that book to finish the micro book.
2: Yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely cool to check out. Um, and, uh, I yeah, I highly recommend it. It'll definitely sort of, like, fill in the rest of the the pieces there. But, yeah, for the most part, the temperature swing <clears throat> um, definitely made a difference. Like last year in uh, the outdoor, which had, had a lot more of a temperature swing than the indoor did. Uh, definitely showed a lot more purple than that than the indoor
1: i love purples i like to look at them i like the way they taste i like everything about purples he's back
0: okay so where did you lose me sorry about that i'm not really sure what you're talking about
1: here. temperature swing
0: Okay, so the biggest things to dial them in is temperature swing and making sure that your molybdenum content is properly dialed into your soil zone. Uh, The temperature swing causes a phosphorus lockout in the leaves and such and the flower structure, which is why you get that purpling and the blue and all that stuff. Um, The biggest, that's one of the biggest things you see wrong with dosing is week five plus um, of flower. It really depends on the strain, but the last four or five weeks of flower You don't need hardly any phosphorus because the main flower structure has already completed its formation. It's just adding weight to it after that. So um, you really, really want a lot of uh, potassium at that point. You don't really need that much phosphorus anymore. And dropping off your phosphorus and switching just to a potassium additive rather than like a a typical bloom boost, which would be a um, uh, NP or MPK, which is monopotassium phosphate. rather than using that using just a phosphorus or a potassium additive rather than a phosphorus and potassium additive it's just that a lot of people use a straight bloom booster um, because monopotassium phosphate is so cheap a lot of companies use it for that reason and because it doesn't really cause a toxicity in flower um, they just throw it at it and the plant never uses it and it'll actually reduce some of your color um, potential of the plant if you have a strain that has the genetics for it so um, I know Vlad can go into that a little bit more in depth. Oh, totally and cool.
2: <laughs> and yeah, I like just uh, like if you're um, just a straight kelp, like maxi crop or something like that that you can switch over to that. Uh, you know, is just it's like a I can't remember what the uh, the dry component It's like zero, zero, 0017 or something ridiculous like
0: yeah,
2: that. Yeah, seventeen. Yeah, so and, um, that's a great one to switch over to for the last last few weeks. Potassium
0: silicate, another great one.
2: Yeah.
0: Good stuff. We had um, a question someone asked me over the week about potassium silicate making the bud harsher or raising higher silica having harsher bud, and I've never found that in anything that we've done. we have some stuff I'd run as high as 260 ppm, and it's super, super smooth. Like, you'd never... You, blindfold you, and you wouldn't tell the difference between that and something done at, like, 60. You know, so... At least in my experience, I've never had any kind of negative issue um, at all with that regard.
2: Yeah, I, I poured a whole bunch of that. I, we talked about it in the last podcast. I had a whole bunch of that horsetail tea that um, that I had and was curious about overdosing silica. So I poured it... Like, uh, probably like half of a five-gallon bucket of just horsetail tea into a relatively, like my little food system that I have on the front porch. And I honestly didn't, didn't really notice anything. Um, I, I mean, anything negative, I guess I should say. Like, everything's still growing well and no real ill effects. So, um, yeah, I still don't know what will happen if you, or how you could overdose on silica or what that would look like. It kind
0: of it kind of will precipitate out or you'll, you'll end up just with lockout well it just locks itself out when it gets to a certain point like the, the plants don't really have the ability to uptake an insane amount of it per day anyway so it, it, it's just not a super mobile nutrient inside the plant so it, you know it just does it, it's hard for the plant to uptake a toxic amount per day um, compared to other nutrients there's yeah. Vlad Is Vlad back with the microphone yet? <laughs> it's back. I wanted him to touch more on the color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, more. there he is. There he is. Can you is. touch more on... Uh, okay, so Vlad understands this a little better than I do, and I'll let him explain it. Do you want to touch more a little bit on um, uh, the purpling and blue in, in some of the cannabis as far as how to achieve that more? I don't know, it's, it's Because Dude. of color and uh, our temperature swing well, and, and live, but uh, also it has to do with the phosphorus loss yeah. caused by the temperature swing. Do you want to go into that a little bit more in-depth?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're interrelated, really. Like, barring any cheating, which would uh, be a bad idea, like uh, using aluminum sulfate, like alum sulfate, which I use in the cut flower industry, you know, to obtain, you know, blue and purple coloring, you really don't want to do that with meta- with cannabis at all. Uh, so the only way that, um, beyond genetics, uh, you know, one of the easiest or, or uh, one of the only ways beyond genetics would be to either... A, starve the uh, plant of phosphorus, uh, which you can do in two ways or a number of different ways. Actually, you know, lessen the amount of phosphorus that you're supplying in your nutrient solution. Uh, or uh, phosphorus is one of the few elements that whose uptake is temperature dependent. Uh, so if it's, um, you know, if it's cold enough and it doesn't really need to be even, even that cold, um, you know, in the, the, the mid-60s, slow down quite a bit. Uh, phosphorus uptake is just uh, very very uh, limited, and at those temperatures, it becomes immobile within the plant or less mobile. <clears throat> so the plant is not able to translocate uh, the phosphorus contained in some of the older uh, leaves and 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 whatnot, and translocate it into the newer uh, growth. Uh, so what happens is uh, these sugars get built. Um, as a result of there not being enough phosphorus bioavailable within the plant. Uh, phosphorus uh, and phosphates are kind of the uh, I guess it'd be, it'd be proper to call them uh, the currency of uh, intracellular uh, energy transactions you know, within a plant. It's uh, molecules such as ADP uh, which uh, facilitate uh, some of these high energy uh, life cycles of the plant, such as flowering, producing buds, and earlier, before that, in the pre-vegetative stage, uh, you know, when the plant's putting on a lot of root mass as a clone or a young, youngish seedling or early vegetative seedling, it's, it's just, you know, it's consuming a lot of phosphorus at that point. And then once again, when it kicks it into reproductive gear, uh, you know, it's kind of puberty, Transition into flowering and then you know producing you know beautiful flowers and buds, uh, and then it falls off drastically. Uh, well, you know all things being relative, you know, it falls off significantly. But if you starve the plant, uh, phosphorus uh, towards the end, particularly uh, w- when the swelling of the flower is more uh, more attributable to potassium, magnesium, and some other things, than uh, you know than a, a high energy phosphorus dependent process. Uh, that that's when you really 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 uh, starve the plant, and uh, the buildup of sugar causes a pigment called anthocyanin uh, to form in the plant. It's the same same pigment, chemically speaking, the very same pigment in pepper plants. If you've seen uh, blue or purple streaking lines uh, running down the stalks of the pepper plants, or especially where uh, the vertical stalk meets, you know, a branch. Uh, it tends at that you know at that point it, you'll see a <clears throat> purple coloration and streaking uh, corn as well as real uh, kind of common one to also obtain a purple streaking color tomato plants young seedlings if anyone uh, anybody has seen uh, you know young seedlings uh, turn purple on the undersides of the leaves as as you look at the underside of the leaves um, you know that blue purple discoloration uh, you know that that again is uh, that That seedling or plant not not obtaining enough phosphorus, so being temperature dependent, uh, yeah, you can starve the plant um, without messing with the nutrient solution per se or having to customize anything, just by dropping the temps, you know, and getting a. uh, Yeah, I'm not a big fan of doing that kind of thing. I I like to bring out those type of colors through, um, you know, genetics or creating a condition where the plant the plant is able to best express its genetic potential including coloration and, and whatnot. I think when, uh, when we start messing around and cheating, if you want to call it that, or cheating a little bit like that, uh, the lack of phosphorus uh, for instance results in a lot of other enzymatic and biological processes uh, coming to a crawl within that same plant. Uh, so while you do obtain the color uh, I think it's a lesser quality product in the end because of it. But, you know, that's just me. I guess, you know, fads come and go and trends come and go and, uh, you know, some of the, the colors are interesting and, and so forth. And they are. Like, uh, they really are. Um, but know, again, so I can feel goes so far, though, right? Yeah, yeah, genetic expression is really the way to go. And then if you couple that with a little bit of uh, help and manipulation of things like, you know, nutrient solution or, or sometimes even light, Cycles or different uh, different doodads there will affect plants. Uh, that's okay, you know, kind of helping it along is okay. But uh, you know, man, I've seen some crappy looking purple purple buds, I guess as well. Um, and it's people doing things uh, incorrectly or getting the wrong idea about the, uh, the process. Yeah, you know,
2: or just uh, you know maybe focusing on it a little too much. Oh, and where did Steve go?
3: He disappeared. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm here. My camera disappeared. My signal's kind of weak. my uh,
1: camera. God, to... Cool. So, all you guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, that would be uh,
3: again all that. Uh huh.
1: All, all you guys run aquaponics.
3: Uh yeah. Cool. I mean, I. I also... Uh, I do. Uh, not exclusively. You know.
2: I have, um, let's see, I have one, two, three, four in the outdoor aquaponics, and then I have um, six in raised beds, and then I'm getting ready to add another six in the raised beds.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm learning right now is the soil. You guys are speaking French to me right now, tonight, and I've been going crazy with my notepad because I'm super, like... (laughs) <laughs> like the aquaponics to me is super intimidating, but the more I follow you guys and what's going on on the Facebook pages and the groups and the YouTube videos, it's that's all it is. It's just intimidating. It's, it's
2: I think it's a lot of crossover, you know, like especially with the stuff that you're focusing on already in soil, where you know you're you're basically using probiotic life, um, you know, beneficial bacteria and keeping your soil alive, and that's really the <clears throat> Same thing with the aquaponic system—is you're you know you're trying to keep your ecosystem as healthy as possible, and and really as diverse as possible. Um, yeah, so you can start getting it to, to really perform, and so that's why you 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 know you typically just like in, in living soils, you you do better as you go. Your your soil should become more alive. Your aquaponic system should become more alive the older it gets if you're doing it properly. Yeah, <laughs> just I've been
1: I've been growing a soil. I guess that's how you say it <laughs> in my backyard. Not not through composting, but um, well, I guess sort of composting. But I planted a bunch of uh, ground cover, you know, clovers and comfy uh, plants and stuff like that. To to that I'm gonna start using the soil from that to start making teas. And uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. This you know this is this is to me this is all like a new. Uh, I used to work on, like, old cars and hot rods and stuff, you know, and this completely has overtaken my love for everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And it's real, man, it helps with my PTSD, really. I try to – I saw the – so the Navy called me back in to go (laughs) – to do a physical to go back into duty, and I have, like, my gait. My ears are gauged and shit, and she's like – you know, what meds do you take? I told her medical cannabis, and they were like, "Really?" And I was just telling them about the story too, about uh, school. I'll get, which I'll I'll tell you about that real quick too after this VA story. But uh, I told sure. the, to, the told the lady at the VA, I was just like, "Yeah, I smoke about an ounce every couple of days," and she's just like, "Yeah, you are not going back to the Navy, dude." But she was like, What are you doing? And then I told her, I was like, well, I was in med school. And she was like, Yeah, I don't know about that stress. I said, Yeah, so I dropped and go into horticulture now. And she was just like, You know, she like pushed her book away, pushed herself away from her desk, like positioned herself to look at me, like lean forward, like a cool, you know, just a welcoming posture. And she was like, That's probably like the smartest thing I've ever heard like, a veteran say in the longest while. She was like, You are actually, no, you're accepting the fact that you're never going to be able to. I'll never be able to work in trauma again. And uh, and that's what my specialty was, was trauma medicine. And uh, she's just like, this is amazing that you found this. And people say I'm glowing now when I talk about it. But school, when I went to go sign up with my wife, she was with me, and... uh, She's from Japan, so this is all blowing her mind too. I'm I'm allowed to smoke in the house now, as long as it's like not crazy stinky, which is cool. But we are signing up for classes, and I told the, the counselor what I was sad taking their horticulture programs for was to be able to grow my own cannabis. <laughs> her jaw like hit the floor. She shut the door, dude, and she was like you're the second person to come in here this week to sign up for this. And then, like, they called in uh, the, the dean for the horticulture, and they were like, this is what he's doing your program for. And she was like, this, he's not the only one. And the counselor was like, what do you mean? She was like, yeah, there was someone else. Like, the, uh, and then the dean was laughing. The person who runs the program, she was like, this has been going on since the program started here. Like, this is awesome that they're open about it. So it's cool that the community college is receptive to it and what the students are going to school there for. And uh, I think they can really capitalize on something like that when you get these community colleges together and start getting these community horticulture programs in the community greenhouse. And let it may it may start with flowers or vegetables or ferns, whatever. But it's the fact that if you're we're getting out there and getting the experience needed, so I can. My, my my end game is to move up there by you guys, Southern Oregon or Northern California and just do my own thing and be left alone and help out the people around me and the community. But, but yeah,
2: that's a good goal, man.
1: Oh, man, my chihuahua.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that's all right. We have a little mini pin. Pretty cool. Same way, though. Just fucking yippie it's Anyway, where'd you go, Steve? Said so you disappeared for a minute. Everything alright? Got no sound, bud. Did you move, bud?
0: Yeah, I just had a quick bio.
2: Oh, okay, cool.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it's a uh, it's a really uh, good guest this week.
2: Yeah, I like Adam a lot. He's a cool guy. I've enjoyed the being in a group too. It's it's an interesting group. They have a. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a little weird because I'm not a veteran, obviously. So a lot of it, you know, doesn't directly apply to me. But it's a, it's kind of interesting to be the fly on the wall sometimes. And, uh, but it's great, like the way that uh, you guys are coming together to support each other and share information. And well, that
1: cam page is civilians too. My whole, I right. created that group. So Illinois, like the cannabis community, right?
2: There's a lot of veterans, though. Come on.
1: Oh, there is now because of... Yeah, I right, mean, well, there's right. about... I would say there's about 10 in that group out of 200 and something. A lot of those people in there are, are flies on the walls, too, for the industry. But that's a secret group. We started off as... Because uh, we weren't allowed to post bud pictures on the, the suit and ties page because it violated algorithms, and they were going to get shut down. You know, whatever, dude. So I created some Facebook group to put up because in Illinois... We don't get to see the meds before they come out of the dispensary. They come prepackaged. So that's how what? we're getting seeds. And dude, one person didn't open their container, and there's nothing even in it. Like just the, what was left on, from the step. And they're all plastic containers. But not not hemp, not pla- You know, not you know. And that's another thing. My push for home grow is is that it, the green, the fucking greenhouse gas effects that we'd be saving with this, with all the wasteful products, with the material. Dude, they. they I'll send you guys some pictures on on the packaging. It's so wasteful. But
2: yeah, really- I've seen a lot of the stuff that, that's been posted. And, and I don't spend a lot of time in dispensaries, like, around here anyway. Like, I stop by every once in a while, but, um, you know, obviously I, I have enough friends to where If I ever needed any, I wouldn't have to go to a dispensary. But, um, you know, so I, I think that... Uh, that you know, obviously, is an embarrassment of riches, but for the most part, I think that dispensaries have to understand that they, you got to be able to like see the medicine before, like, what you're actually gonna buy. Like, I don't like anything that's like so sealed up that you can't even see it. Like, you have to like.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. You me. can like, um. So if you look Col- at the... Colorado, go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead.
1: Okay, I was going to say, if you go on that page, and you remember that we were talking about that oil before? Yeah. That that butane Mm -hmm. soup? Um, If you look at it, the date from the package to harvest it in the package to sat around or whatever, it's two months. From the time that they made that shit to the time that they put it into the dispensary, it sat for two months. So that's... That's
0: so, So it just sat there that's not even and like it's curing, that's like in a sealed plastic yeah. and a lot of these like, people,
1: a lot of the growers, they don't cure in containers, they cure in plastic totes, they don't even cure it they just dump it in plastic uh, totes and package it and then people get it, it's like soggy or there's once in a while you get somebody on there wigging out on the social media about uh, mold but the, the industry steps in whatever they can to get the people to remove these posts and that's another thing, we have a patient in the community too Oh wow that uh he's we had a dispensary we had a dispensary go on leafly and try to get his reviews uh removed because they were negative reviews because he had a negative experience there. He was made fun of by the staff and shit so but. Yeah, we're just trying to find – they're just giving us more reasons to have home grow. They don't even – they're so against it, but yet they just just passing it to us on a, a silver platter, more traction for it, from the fees that we have to pay to the condition of the meds to how people are treated in the dispensaries. It's to the we, – we, we are now just allowed to legally, openly talk to the grows. They had a gag order on this, on the, on how the grows and the patients talked. Why wow. that just makes no Dude. sense to me whatsoever. Like,
0: how I'm, the fuck is that legal? First of all, that sounds so insane. It is. Like, what other industry can put a firewall between feedback and them? Like, that's some psychotic.
1: It's 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 horrible, you know. And uh, Illinois Normal has a bunch of poll in this too, and there's, you know,
0: there's mixed feelings about that group, so we don't, yeah, normal's an interesting group, but for the most part, they've done a lot to, in general, you know, they've paid for a lot of people to get out of prison, they've sponsored a lot of people, I know I used to march with them on a regular basis back when I lived on the East Coast, but I do understand some of the people's arguments against them, and some of the industry arguments, so.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying they're a bad group of people, but it seems like they're burnt out here in Illinois, is what I'm saying. They fought, <laughs> so they were fighting a bunch to get this where it's at now, and they're still fight. They fought for the decrim, and uh, Ali Najib from Illinois, uh, normal. He's I think he was the one who was highlighted as like the sole guy for pushing that, which you know, it's good a lot of good work, but they did have homegrown put on these things, but homegrown seems to be. Get, Always the thing that's cut off is is part of the negotiations, which is ridiculous. You have people. I sometimes, if I run out of meds, man, I can't leave my house. I have social anxiety so bad. Like the other night, I was walking my dogs, and those little firecracker things you pull, you throw on the ground, you know, the kids. I didn't know. I stepped on one. Mm-hmm. It, I, it was just a pop, but like my, I didn't think yeah. of But my heart skipped a, a beat real quick, you know. And I was like, "Fuck," you know. My wife's like, "Oh, it's cool," but. I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man.
0: No man, this is the kind of stuff the veterans that are using cannabis for PTSD man go through. So it's it helps people understand the kind of struggles that, that you guys go through and the ridiculous hurdles you guys are having to go through just to get something as basic as medicine. You know, it's it will, just, and
1: a lot of it's insane. fear, fear uh, this reefer madness bullshit too. A lot of the veterans think that the VA will take their guns or throw them in jail if they find out that they're doing it. And I've only met one person that's proven that theory and everyone else I've talked to, even myself, when I was smoking illegally, illegally healing myself, I told the VA, and they're like, okay, you're not getting any Percocets. That's, that's simple. I fine, I don't want them.
2: You can't uh, fucking keep them, Jesus. Yeah, like, oh boy. Take them.
1: Like, is that, and the look on their face is like, you don't want these? No, I don't need them.
2: Right. So. And they don't know what to do with that because their whole expectation is, is that you're a druggy that just wants any drug
1: possible. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: No, no. Not the case.
1: Sorry. I get so how, sicker, would, um, I how would you su- Sorry, How Steve. would
0: you suggest people um how would you suggest people uh, help out um, groups like Bead for Warriors or um you know, find a local group in their area or reach out to help groups like yours on their own state level and stuff?
1: So we uh what kind uh, of people, advice do you have? Um honestly you gotta start on uh, social media. That's for that you got to start with, like how I reached out to Marty. You just have to, you just have to dive in and start talking to people. Um, but if you want to join Weed for Warriors project, we have the webpage. It's you know www.wfwproject.org. It's our new page. It just went up. You don't have to be in the military or a veteran to join the organization. It was just started by uh, veterans, and we just our main focus is to get Easy, uh, clean, just meds to veterans, so they can operate within their communities and get back to the communities. But also by doing that, we integrate communities. So we do like events and stuff like that. But other states do that. Illinois, we can't unfortunately because of the whole. We don't can't even have a cup. We can't even have like a patients convention. We can't have any of that shit. It's it's horrible. So we're fa- we're trying to figure out other ways in states like that. Uh, that are that restrictive and how to do events. and I go to the VA, I wear a Weed for Warrior shirt. I talk to everybody, and my wife hates it, dude. She, she's like, you do not, why do you go out of your way to talk to people about pot? I'm like, because no one else is doing it. Like, first of all, I'm like, well, they're going to think you're nuts. And I'm like, well, you know what? When they see a story that it helps somebody, they're going to think of that crazy dude in Walmart who said, hey, you should try that instead of fucking buying all that shit,
2: you know. And it's just... and we talked about this, too, uh, on your podcast as well, you know, that um, you know that that kind of story from somebody that they have, you know, that know has served also, there's also a vet, will, will carry more weight and should carry more weight than talking to somebody like myself or, or even a doctor that might recommend it to them, um, you know, just because to help, you know, just have that level of understanding in connection definitely makes a difference, and and so you know I definitely applaud you for for speaking up as much as, as you do because it's important, and and I feel like um, you know it's a uh, it's one of those things that some some people can't do, <laughs> and I and so I definitely want to say thank you for for doing it because you don't have to, but uh, definitely feel like you should also so appreciate it.
1: Ain't hey, no problem. It's, like I said, if I don't do it, someone else isn't going to do it, you know, and it's, can't wait around for someone else to do it. And now that I'm doing it, more people are doing it, so I don't have to do it as much, which is pretty cool. Now if we can get yeah. them on that same level with the HomeGrow support in Illinois.
2: Yeah, that you know, that continues to baffle me how, how they can keep HomeGrow out of it, but, I mean, obviously it does happen, but, um, you know, keep, keep up the fight to get it, man. It's, it's worth it. And, uh, um, yeah. (laughs) And then use it and don't fuck it up. (laughs) That's the, that's the best advice that I can give you. You know, we talked about it, you know, um, a lot in terms of legalization and all that stuff. And and when they start coming around for a wreck, it's going to be even worse, you know? So, you know, definitely start looking at those local council members and, uh, making sure that you understand who you're voting for and, you know, how they're going to interpret whatever they can um, is definitely important, so we're, we're glad to have people like you fighting the good fight and it, it was uh, great to just sort of, um, you know, have you reach out out of the blue just because we happen to, you, know, you happen to see my post in one of the groups and, you know, yeah. uh, you know so that, like you were saying, that's, that's a great way to, to reach out and give support and you know, share posts, if nothing else, you know, people love to be on Facebook anyway, so, you know, you might as well share share something like that. Um, You know, I know you guys put out a bunch of memes and stuff all the time, and, um, you know, try to put out pictures and talk about your guys' stories. Uh, I've only been in your group for a little while, but um, obviously it helps you guys locally keep uh, a a lot of people in check as well, different dispensaries that are offering low-quality meds (laughs) at high-quality prices. Yeah, it still blows me. I posted the list, uh, just a menu from the local delivery service here that was like half the cost that you guys were paying over there, and it was just—it's crazy to me to think that it's you know corrupted to that point so that it's that expensive, and that they still maintain that you know like it needs to be that way for for some reason in order for them to make money, when the reality is is that. You know, you could just—they could just be producing more and moving more volume if they got out of their own way and would make even more money um, oh, yeah. if they just stopped. You know, that's I mean, their that's I mean,
1: their main concern is money, man. They're definitely—they're—they're they're on the wrong boat. But absolutely.
2: I think that if they just understood that if they let home grows profit from it and allowed people to pay taxes and just had it be like anything else that you grow in your backyard and sell um, you know that they they would still end up with even even more money than all the <laughs> cornering that they try to do now um, I just think that it's short-sighted and greedy
1: Yeah that's absolutely yeah, so that's the thing, man. It's just not vets that don't... You know, It's there's patients in wheelchairs that can't get out of their house and it's a pain in the ass for them to go down to the dispensary. Some people don't have cars. Some people are... You know, they have psychiatric issues where they can't leave their house. This is ridiculous to fucking limit it like this. You can... I don't know. There's more liquor... The liquor laws here is, are ridiculous too. But back to cannabis again... They just decrimmed it in Illinois, and it's like up to a two hundred dollar ticket. And there's so many people. I'm gonna tell you right now. I can. They're gonna say forget getting their cards because I'll just take my risk and get the ticket. Ten grams. I mean, who's gonna? Yeah,
2: like, it doesn't help you grow, though. You know. I, mean? I know
1: that, and it's horrible. The state's doing this on purpose.
2: And I think that's you know. As much as we bitch about Oregon, we—I've talked about this before too. You know, like they, we definitely have regulations in counties that are doing fucked-up shit, and I don't want to take anything away from that. But <clears throat> right now, even without a card, if you just want to purchase medicine, um, you know, you can have it delivered for a reasonable cost because it's a—you know—it's a healthy market.
1: Uh, oh, and can't. In Canada, you know, they give their veterans 10 grams, up to 10 grams a day for free. The government pays for it. They order it online, bro. They got the pictures up. You click on it, how much you want. Whatever you want. Order two <laughs> grams of this, eight grams of that, one gram of ten different strains, whatever you want. They'll send it to you. Anything over, you got to pay for it.
2: Right. I mean, it can be done. I mean, like, oh, yeah. obviously, uh, you know, the they call it a, you know, they say it grows like a weed for a reason. Like, it, you know. It's called Read Refer.
1: That's how I tell people. It's not, it's let
2: it grow, man. Have you heard about um, Overgrow Canada, Steve? Or Brad? Yeah, I, I did. Yep. I, I, Do you know yeah. who
0: started that? No, Do you I don't. know who started that back in the day? Is Mark Emery. Mark Emery okay. did Overgrow the Government. I don't know if you remember back.
1: I know who Mark Emery was. Um, back is. in the
0: day, in the late in, during the 90s and early 2000s, Mark Emery was responsible for a huge percentage of the high-grade strains in the United States. Like, a huge chunk of the market. And the DEA illegally had him arrested in Canada and extradited against Canadian law, which, uh, that was a huge thing back when Harper... I used to have a lot of friends up in Canada. And back when Harper was in power who's basically George Bush, Canadian version. He's a fucking prick. He needs to be hanged along with George Bush and Dick Cheney for war crimes, but that's a whole other thing. All three of them need to be hanged, but (laughs) anyway, whatever. Or fed to, like, (laughs) a bunch of insects, so it takes a while. But uh, I'm sure you agree, having been a veteran. Um, They just
1: need to start executing corrupt politicians on both sides.
0: Not only that, can we can we sign some kind of peace treaty with some of these crazies over there and just say, hey, look, if we give you George Bush and Cheney and a couple of the other people you want, can we just sign some kind of, like, non-offensive you know, offensive agreement where you guys won't come over and we won't go there and we're, you know... <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. See ...a few sacrificial I can, lambs. I um, sorry, I get really worked up. Actually, okay, um, man. I don't know if this makes you feel any better, but... I'm sure you get worked up far worse than I do. I was personally thrown out of... I went to Tony Blair's uh, Liberty Peace Medal Award in Philadelphia. I was thrown out of his thing because I rushed the stage trying to arrest him (laughs) on a citizen's arrest, um, my ex-girlfriend and I, and some other friends. So, um, yeah, I'm actually really, really, really passionate about all that. or used to be more so. (laughs) That's so so wild, man. (laughs) Yep. But, uh... But yeah, all that, all that is just, uh, I don't know. I feel so bad for what, what happened to you, and you know, I can't thank you guys enough for, for all you guys have done. We're trying to, you know, get you guys awareness on some of the issues that you guys are talking about, such as some of the stuff. I mean, you educated me in a whole bunch of topics that I was totally, you know, unaware of in regarding to, um, you know, veterans' ability to, to reach out, especially in places like Illinois. I didn't realize it was that bad and things like that. And, and you know, in fact, there was one of the the articles I brought up this week is um there's a whole bunch of members of the Air Force that are suing uh, the Colorado government um to recognize PTSD as a cannabis um, certifiable um, illness and it's like why are we arguing over this This is the most ridiculous thing these guys these guys can get shot at but they can't to take a smoke a joint. That is the dumbest thing on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, we're going to put you in front of harm's way, have you all kinds of manner of things that could be potentially lethal, but you aren't allowed to smoke something on your own decision, your own decision if you feel it will help you. That is the most asinine, arrogant, and disrespectful thing that could possibly do to our veterans. And I wanna, you know, I really was uh, want to take this episode and help try and yeah, get rid well, of that because yeah. it's total bullshit.
1: And I want to piggyback on that, too. As veterans, though, we also recognize... Uh, and I know that I speak for not all of them, but a, a good handful, that PTSD, we know it just doesn't affect us. It affects the communities that we're in. It affects our families. Civilians get it. You know, it's not just uh, we don't like to be highlighted as the PTSD. Like every, 20 years from now, all they're going to recognize yeah. our generation from is suicide and PTSD. And we're trying to break that stigma, so... Within the cannabis community, uh-huh. you know, I can, I, my biggest, I feel like I'm walking on gla- uh, thin, thin ice around people talking about PTSD because I know it affects civilians, and just me being conscious of what's going around in me, I'm just afraid that someone's gonna wig out because they think that. You know, somebody that was like a sexual assault victim or something, or had a you know, witnessed their parents or loved one being murdered, they just have PTSD, but they don't think that their case is important because they're not a veteran, and that's not completely the, and, and as a veteran, that's not the case. Like, PTSD is a diagnosis, how you got it is your own personal thing. If you have it, we need to support each other. That's 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 the main goal because. Me having PTSD, I've wigged out on my family. If I say if I say fuck around my dogs, they they'll 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 tense up. Um, You hear you you see veterans that are getting homeless veterans. You know that's meant they just give up and uh, you just can't do that. People doing the same thing. It's just we're just trying to unite everybody for the PTSD push for cannabis.
2: Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, that. I
0: think that's an important point. The, I mean, it's the group. Go ahead, Steve. Steve right there.
2: I think we lost him again. But anyway, so I think that's an important point that, uh, um, you know, that PTSD is PTSD. Like, there's more than one way to get it. It doesn't really matter. Um, and in a, in a lot of cases... I, I feel like patients who want to use medical cannabis feel pressured to explain their reasoning for having to use it way more than somebody who's taking ibuprofen or uh, Percocet or Vicodin or alcohol. You know, alcohol, right? You know, like nobody's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I need to drink my alcohol today because of you know."
1: I had a rough day at work.
2: Right, and so I just think that, uh, you know, that's an important point, like how, for whatever reason it makes you feel better, whatever reason you want to do it, I think that you should be able to do it, and you shouldn't have to feel the need to explain yourself. Like why it is, just because I know people basically assume that when you say that it's medical, that it's not really medical, and you're just doing it for recreation, and Part of me just wants to say who the fuck cares? Like yeah,
4: no, that's I don't really true.
2: care why you do it. I don't care why you drink. You know, it's the same same thing. It doesn't matter to me, like if you want to get drunk at ten o'clock in the morning and you know, mix your shit with orange juice, then great. Have a good time. <laughs> just don't, you know, don't drive around. You know, like <clears throat> I don't really care for the most part. And I I don't understand why in, in so many ways, cannabis, you see this reversal of attitudes where you have like a, um, you, you have the, let's just say the right wing, for instance, in which uh, they're always against regulation. They don't want the government to get involved in anything. They never want like any sort of government interference on anything. And then it's like, oh, wait, cannabis. Uh, yeah, we need to bring in some more regulations if the government could ban it, that would be great. You know, like, I just feel like uh, it's just a total reversal in their attitude. Like, how, why they are all of a sudden just fine with the government taking away freedom or liberty in this one particular instance, or our, our government regulation interfering with the free market. Like, where are all of those same values um, when it comes up? And I think that's... Uh, where Gary Johnson really sort of hits the nail on the head, and I know Adam, you're a big supporter of, of his uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, because of a bit that of a reason. Nut job. So, what's that? I said I'm a bit of a nut job about the guy. That's all right, <laughs> man.
2: I think he, he speaks a lot of common sense, and at, at least deserves a seat at the table for the debate. Like I really, I really think that it's a necessary thing to have him there, um, to to be. A,
0: and Jill Stein.
2: Yeah, why not? Like that's what I, that's what I want to know. Like what what purpose does it serve? To I would
1: love out? to be fucking struck in between Jill Stein or Gary Johnson. I wish that's what we were seeing on TV now. Like that would be. I'm tired of this two parties. It's so corrupt right now. It's unbelievable. You guys, it's it's. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get started, we can go into it's a, it's a it's a rabbit hole, Jens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand that. I understand that. That's for sure. So, Steve, I didn't even open the spreadsheet tonight, but did you have anything else on there that you wanted to cover? Steve is gone again. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's having internet issues, apparently. It's all good. So uh, Adam, why don't you uh, do you plug any of your stuff? Like you have your, I know you have your dvradio.net, is that right? Yeah, dvradio.net.
1: We have are the four twenty hour. We're uh, eight p.m. Central Time uh, every Wednesday. Uh, sometimes we get serious. Sometimes we have fun. Sometimes the show just it's a bunch of stoners. I mean, what do you expect? But it's always a good time. And uh, our, we also have you can find us on uh, Facebook at 420 hour and then our Weed uh, for warriors pay, uh, website is uh, www.wfwprojects.org uh, uh, you can reach out to us there uh, to the national chapter if you want to start a chapter in your state or if you want to see if your state has a chapter um, that's about it
0: hey Steve are you back Yep, I'm back. I'm going to just run my phone on the rest of the podcast. Hopefully, yeah, we're, we're uh, just... Uh, having a different internet connection, so it should be more stable. We're going to have you host the podcast next week, so I don't have any issues with the streaming recorded, because I, I think it worked out fine, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, I watched a couple of the episodes back, and when you when you get disconnected, I'm, I'm still live. I, I noticed, which was interesting. But anyway... Uh, yeah, we were just um, talking about wrapping up. I was uh, letting him plug his stuff. Um, so did you have anything else that you wanted to cover before we wrapped up? Uh,
0: a couple of quick questions. I guess we'll, we'll drop the news stuff. We got um, the big issues that I was going to touch on. The one, I had a couple of things I was going to touch on real quick. The DEA still has not reclassified cannabis production or cannabis use. Um, they were supposed to announce originally July 1st, then August 1st. Here we are on August 9th, and it's still not announced. It. But rumor mill has it in the industry um, that it's going to get rescheduled, which is going to open up Wall Street and a bunch of banking and a bunch of other things. So that's why you're seeing a ton of activity um, going on. Another uh, one I wanted to mention real quick is Scott's miracle Grow bought Tag here um, so, anyone out there is using Botanicare, it's now owned by Monsanto, so be aware of that. If you use Botanic Care products, you might want to consider changing them. I don't know if have a problem with their products, but I don't support Monsanto, so I do want to, people to know, be aware of that. Um, the largest ever study uh, recently done of cannabis users and the longest study um, revealed that uh, smoking cannabis does not damage the lungs the same way that tobacco smoke does. Um. Uh. And it's the biggest, largest study anyone's ever done on cannabis users. Um, um. Oh. The, the, um, I wanted to touch on a little bit about Humboldt. Humboldt's about to pass. Um. Or not about to pass. They put a new ballot initiative on for a tax structure, which would um tax commercial grows at one to three dollars per square foot. Um. Now you got to remember that like. the the permits are going to be issued for predominantly 5,000 to 22,000 square foot facilities. Now, you're looking at 22,000 to to $68,000 for a 22,000 square foot grill just in tax? That's fucking crazy, man. That should be like half of that. You know, come on, let's be reasonable. Like, Like, they already screwed with everything in Northern Cali with these water regulations, which Honestly, don't affect me at all because the the aquaponic production, we're at like a quarter of what the required water usage, you know, what the allowed water usage is, so we're way below it, but most other growers aren't, so how are they supposed to take a double whammy on their income, especially, you know, on the order of 20 plus thousand dollars, you know, I get that there's more money than that being made, but that's a huge, you know, and again, they need you for restoration of the water and all, but. Can we be reasonable and come up with something that's in the middle of the road that's, you know, or even has a phasing period that's something that, you know, it's a little bit more reasonable? Um, I don't know, just a quick rant on local politics that we have going on.
1: So is, yeah, is he from a Humboldt County?
0: Yeah, he's yeah. in Apple. My okay. See, that's from Humboldt.
1: That's important because that's one of the places that I'm prospectively looking to move in the next two years.
0: Sure, definitely give me a I'm ready to make the move. I can put you in some connections with some whatever you're looking to do. But, um, so what they're going to do is they're eventually going to have like a, you'll be able to, when this all ultimately goes legal you go nationally, you'll be able to buy um, Aquaponic, or not Aquaponic, but you'll be able to buy cannabis that's branded as Humboldt brand, you know, grown in the Emerald Triangle or whatever, um, the same way they do it in Napa Valley. They're trying to basically mirror the Napa Valley branding um, for all their stuff um, with the cannabis production. It's kind of what they're using as a model to have a higher price point for stuff grown. in the um, It's kind of the, the, the long game.
2: Yeah, so like Napa Valley Wine, for instance, you have Humboldt County Weed is kind of the the way, and um, you know, like I was just in Humboldt. I was down there this last weekend. My kids are down there with their grandma right now. So my my family is from that area, and I can tell you that, uh, you know, I, I've spent basically every summer there, um, of my my young life anyway. Um, so I visit there often. My brother still lives there. My mom still lives down there, <clears throat> and um, so water is another way that they sort of manipulate um, in try to attract growers. So um, it, it becomes a political resource so that in the same way that they use power to track uh, indoor growers, they also use water to track outdoor growers in that area, especially when you start getting into drought conditions. Um, so it you know <laughs> it's fucked up for sure. And uh, Humboldt County, you know, that whole triangle area has been sort of like this Clash of different cultures for a long time now. You sort of have like this uh, um, hard working, sort of like leftover from the timber industry, kind of salt.